welcome to the Gut Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word for you. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutchurch.com. I truly believe that this is a word uh, of the Lord for specifically for you, but then for us as a group. And um, it's just titled Fresh Start. Just Fresh Start. Let's jump in. Zechariah 10.6 says, I will strengthen the house of Judah, and I will save the house of Joseph. I will bring them back because I have compassion on them. And they shall be as though I had not rejected them, for I am the Lord their God, and I will answer them. And then in Hosea 14.5, and this will be the New Living Translation, he says, I will be to Israel like a refreshing dew from the heavens. Israel will blossom like the lily. It will send roots deep into the soil like the cedars of Lebanon. And then lastly, Psalm 145, verse 14 says, Lord upholds all who are falling, raises up all who are bowed down. God is the God of a fresh start. You know, if you've come to the church, you've heard it from the stage that that God is the God of another chance. Not a second chance, but another chance. And how that translates to me is that God is the God of a fresh start. Now, whether it be a wholesale fresh start in your life, because up until this point in your life, nothing has been what it's supposed to be. Maybe you've made bad decisions. There's bad relationships. It's just you're, you're not living the life of God and that greatest life imaginable. You're not finding fulfillment in your life. There might be that wholesale change, that wholesale fresh start. But also it's the little areas in our life that you may have one or two areas. You're like, you know what? I just need a fresh start in this area. I need a fresh start in my marriage or in my job, in my career, with my family, with my kids. I just need that fresh start. God is a God of a fresh start. And, and, and this is proven in the word from creation to the fall of man in Revelation. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. He's the God of a fresh start. That is salvation for us. It's a fresh start at life. And then Revelation 21.5 says, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Behold, I'm making all things new. So God has proven time and time again that he's a God of a fresh start. And again, that might be wholesale, a wholesale fresh start in your life. And it might just be certain areas, little areas that keep creeping up or that you keep tripping on that you need that fresh start. I truly believe that you are going to be equipped with the information today on how to do that. You're going to see what the word says about it and then how you can move forward. So we have to renew. Everything has to be new or renewed in order to be new. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Ephesians 4.23 says, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. 
2 Corinthians 4.16 says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. And then lastly, Psalm 51.10 says, Create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. God wants you to have a fresh start. What I think is hard is when we think about God and we think about the Almighty and, and in our minds it's that he is, he's seen everything that we have done so he's holding that against us or he's hanging that over our heads or he's throwing it out like, like this is what we have done in the past so here's what we're going to do in the future and that's not the case. God wants a fresh start for you. God, God is willing to give that to you. He wants you to have a fresh start. He wants to redeem you, to renew you, to revive you, and to restore you. So I have a, a few points here, and I'm actually very, very proud of myself, just so everybody knows. Again, I said I'm pulling back the curtains. I'm doing that today. I tried to figure out, you know, everybody's got the, like, how do I create a word? I did it with the points. You guys are not as proud of me as I, want. I am of myself, but I did. So in regards to fresh start, the points here are going to spell start, S-T-A-R-T. I'm telling you. And I didn't even have to stretch for it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's like, well, let's go to the thesaurus and find something that is a synonym and we can make it work. No, no. We made it work. Number one, stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. One of the biggest barriers to your success are your own excuses. One of the biggest barriers to you living the life that God has called you to or to that fresh start are your own excuses. You know, I know the, the staff has heard it. I think Dad said it from the stage. I have heard it probably a million times growing up. But excuses were never allowed to even come into the equation. Because everyone's got them, but it doesn't really matter. There's no excuses, no explanations. I've heard that since I was a kid. Why did you make this decision? Well, I does not matter. But they were does not matter. That there's no excuses. Stop making excuses. Let's talk through uh, just a few excuses. No, first off, let's do this. In John 5, there was, a, there was a paralyzed man who was paralyzed for 38 years. And the culture was that they all, all the, the people who were paralyzed were, or sick were around this pool. And the culture was that the pool would start to spin, and their belief was that the, the pool would start to spin, and the first one in was then completely healed. So imagine walking into to this courtyard area and there's people who are dealing with life-altering sickness or, or being paralyzed, and as soon as that pool started to spin, everybody would jump in. Everybody, everybody would try to be the first one in because they would receive healing. So Jesus walks in, and he talks to the man, and it's so interesting to me how this all plays out and how excuses only hinder us or are only the barrier. But Jesus asks him, do you want to be healed? The man responds, not yes, 
please, absolutely, what do you think? He doesn't respond with anything like that. He responds with this. He responds with an excuse. He says, do you want to be healed? And he says, but I have nobody to carry me to the pool when it starts to spin. So Jesus then asks again, do you want to be healed? And he comes up with another excuse and another excuse. How often do we go through life and we're dealing with things and we go to God and then we come up with, it's just all excuses and why we can't get there, why something is happening to us. An excuse of something that's out of our control. Finally, Jesus says, get up, pick up your bed and walk. And the man gets up, picks up his bed and walks. Who was paralyzed for 38 years. But finally, in this whole interaction, excuses were removed. He didn't have an excuse. The answer was yes, and he was healed. So let's look at these four excuses that I have here. Excuse one is I'm not able. I just can't do that. I'm not able to do that. I can't do it. Philippians 4.13 says I can do all things, not some things. Not things that fit in this time. No. You can do all, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Able here means can do. It means can do. So now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. That means that you can do that. You can remove that excuse of, well, I can't do that. You don't understand what I've been through. I can't do that. You don't understand what I've dealt with. You don't understand. You don't know what I'm dealing with. We have to remove the excuses. It does no good. You are not able to move forward. It is so inefficient. They're a waste of time. Hebrews 7.25 says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he already lives to make intercession for them. The uttermost here means the entire or everybody. 2 Corinthians 9.8, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. If God makes a promise, he will keep it because he is faithful and nothing can stop him. He is faithful and nothing can stop him. I also love this verse because it leaves nothing to question. It leaves zero wiggle room. Whatever excuse you have, it removes that excuse because he will make all grace abound to you so that having sufficiency in all things at all times, not sometimes, not some things, not this time I get grace, this time I don't. No, you get grace at all times in all things so that you become sufficient. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. So God can't lie. He can't change his mind. He can't say, here was a promise once, but I'm take, uh, it's not a promise for you. Or here, this is a promise for him, but not for you. He's not going to lie, and he's not going to change his mind. So there, therefore, 
by his grace, we become sufficient in all things at all times. I hope this is making sense to somebody because I feel like this is really good. Apparently not. Good response. Uh, here we go. I'm not my dad, just so everybody knows. I'm not the, the seasoned uh, preacher that he is. But no, it, it, you would say, well, you don't understand. It's, I, my family has just, we've dealt with anger our whole lives. We've dealt with substance abuse. That's, that's what we deal with. That's what my name is tied to is, is anger or hate. The Lord is able to trans, transform angry people into peaceful people. Sad people into happy people. Despairing people into hopeful people who are confident that they are a part of a bigger and better story. You are a part of a bigger and better story. You might think your life is insignificant and that is not true. You are valued, you are loved, and you are a major part of a massive story. You have a call that God has placed on your life, a call that is tailor-fit to you, that nobody else can do. So you have to fulfill that call as a part of the body. We all have different, we're all a different part of the body, and you have your own specific call. You have to do that call. You are part of a bigger and better story. Number two, and this is a big one, it's your past. The excuse you might have is your past. Forget your past. Forget it. Move forward. Am I telling you to, to not learn from your past or learn from your mistakes? Absolutely not. But don't let your past or, or your past mistakes hinder you from moving forward. Don't let your past dictate your future. Because the last thing that you want to do is make that same mistake moving forward, but then remember what you did in the sense of disqualifying you. In the sense of you disqualifying yourself. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. So don't remember or even consider them. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do not perceive it. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Your past can keep you from the new thing God wants you to do. That's the power that your past has. If you allow it. If you allow your past to dictate your future, we're putting God in, in these parameters on what he can do. I understand that you have made, a, you've made mistakes. I understand that, that you have, have done things that you might think disqualifies you, and it does not. You might think, you know what? This, I made this decision, and I've dealt with it ever since. At some point, we got to move forward. At some point, we got to quit dealing with what's behind us. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There will come a time when we, finally move past, when we finally forget our past, we move forward, we forget all of the discouragement, all of the defeat, 
all, all, all of the issues behind us and we move forward and we're able to take new ground. That we're able to, to move into what God has for us in the future. You might say, how, how do I move forward? How do I forget those things? Proverbs 28, 13 says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. So you admit it, you quit it, and you forget it. What's hard is you yourself forgetting your mistakes. You yourself forgetting your transgressions. You yourself forgetting the things that you did. But the Bible also says that when you ask for forgiveness, when you repent, he tears it up and throws it as far as the east is from the west. Now, if you go north, at some point you're going to hit a pole where Santa lives. I'm, I'm with you. And then you're going to be going south. But if you were able to then go from here in Tulsa, go east, you will go east until kingdom come. So what that says to me is that when he tears it up and throws it as far as the east is from the west, it's gone. But you have to move past it. You have to tear it up and throw it as far as the east is from the west. You have to, no matter if somebody else brings it up, it doesn't matter that you're able to move forward knowing your past is your past and you're going to, you admitted it, you quit it, and then you forget it. Excuse number three, quitting in the hard and difficult times. Proverbs 24.10 says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So when things get hard or things get difficult, you have to build your strength up for those times. You have to build your faith up for those times. You have to make sure that you have meditated in the word. You have to make sure that that is what, uh, you're, you're full of the word. So when you hit those times, you're still able to move forward. Don't quit because of a difficult time. Don't quit because times get hard. You keep moving forward. Why? Because at some point you're going to have to make a decision to keep moving forward. It might as well be today. It might as well be right now that we're able to move forward and move past our past and step in to the life that God's called us to. At some point we have to make that decision. And in those those hard and difficult times you quit, there's a few things that I, I just wrote down. It's never make a decision during a hard or difficult time. Never make a decision when you're angry. Do not make fast decisions. You think about it. You pray about it. And you make sure you have a peace. If you don't have a peace, it's probably the wrong decision. So, again, growing up, just so everybody knows, like who dad is on stage is who he is at our house. Um, growing up, that's who he was. You guys get to leave. <laughs> I love my dad. He is my best friend. But that was 24-7 for 18 years, just so you guys know. It is a miracle that I'm halfway normal. I mean a miracle. It is by the grace of God and Sandy Shear that I'm halfway normal. <laughs> but no, it, it, it was when decisions come up or when things come up in our lives, 
it is so ingrained in me to find my peace. Because at a young age, that was taught to me. Don't make a decision if you don't have a peace. And how he always used the example of there's a green light and there's a red light. He's like, hey, is it a green light or is it a red light? The hard time, or the hard thing is, sometimes it was a, I'm not totally sure. It was a yellow light. So we were taught, when you see a yellow light, you slow down. Very different from my driving in the past. <laughs> I understand. It's green, it's yellow, speed up, get through that light. I've changed, just so everybody knows. Okay, I've changed. Why? Because my oldest daughter, Charleston, who is six years old, is my wife reincarnated. And I would never hear the end of it. Her memory at six is astonishing. But no, as you see that yellow light, you slow down. Do not make a fast decision. Why? Because the last thing you want to do is make a decision on a red light. The last thing you want to do is not have a peace and make a decision. But how do I find that peace? You get in the word. You meditate in it. You meditate on it. Day and night you meditate on it. You find that peace. And you don't make a decision until you find that peace. What's hard is there might be pressures coming in from, from different places to make a decision. You are immovable until you find that peace. That's where you stand. Excuse number four is waiting for better conditions. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. The conditions, the outside conditions, do not play a factor into how you live your life. The outside conditions do not play a factor or even have the smallest influence on you making a fresh start, on you making a fresh start moving forward. It does not matter. You could wait for the perfect, you know what? I will, I will start operating in the call that God's placed on me when I, you throw that out the window. Quit waiting for better conditions. Quit waiting, it, waiting for it to be this blue skies, green grass, rolling hills, butterfly situation. That's not real. That's not life. Quit talking yourself out of making that fresh start because the conditions aren't exactly how you want them. Okay, so that was S. T, take inventory. Stop making excuses. Take inventory. Ask yourself, what do I have? Colossians 2.10 says, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. You have God Almighty on your side. You have Jesus in your heart. You have the Holy Spirit with you. That's what you have. That is all you need. What's hard is I think that when we, again... You get in your own mind and, and you process things. And I, I, I over-process things. I want to be prepared for any outcome. I want to be prepared for where, where that's headed. But you can't do that because all of a sudden you start to doubt yourself. All of a sudden you start to come up with reasons why you can't have that fresh start. 
But whatever God has called you to do, whatever call that God's placed on your life, you have every single tool that you need in order to fulfill that call. You have been equipped with everything you need. It might be a step of faith. You might be stepping out of your comfort zone. But you have every tool that you need to fulfill the call that God's placed on your life. But you don't know my last name. You don't, you don't know what we're tied to. You don't know what I've done. It does not matter. You forget the past and you move forward because you have been equipped. Then you also ask yourself, what did I learn? Galatians 3, 4 says, have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? What have you learned? You have been through things. Again, I say, when you say forget your past, it's don't allow your past to determine your future. But learn from your past. Don't let all the stuff you went through go in vain where it's, I'm not going to keep making that same mistake. Because if you were to, if you were to step out, it's like, okay, I'm fresh start, here we go, and you take a step, and there's a hole right there. If you fall in that hole more than once, that's on you. But you realize, fresh start, there's a hole. I'm going to take a sidestep, and then I'm going to take a step forward. And you learn from your past. You learn from your past mistakes to not make them again. But do not let those mistakes hold you back from moving forward. And then you ask yourself, who can help me? Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. God is our refuge and our strength. Who can help you? God can he cares about you you are his the, the bible says that you are his masterpiece that he knows the numbers of hairs on your head you don't know that about yourself but he knows them about you so we have stop making excuses take inventory act in faith Matthew 9, 29 says, according to your faith, be it done to you. According to your faith, be it done to you. You have to act faith. You say, well, you know what? I, I don't know how to build up my faith. I, I have small faith right now. I mean, I'm, I'm questioning things. I'm not really sure. Um, maybe, maybe not. There's still some doubt. Here's how you build your faith. Whatever the level of faith that you have now, operate in that faith. Take a step of faith. And then you realize that you're still standing, you take another step. And then you take another step, and then you look back 10 years from now, and you laugh at yourself because you were concerned about the step of faith back here. But all you had to do was take that one step of faith, and then another step of faith. And then all of a sudden, your, your faith is so strong that you can conquer anything. But again... At the beginning, wherever stage you're in, it feels difficult. But look back and realize that a year ago, whatever you were dealing with faith-wise, not, it's not even an issue anymore. You don't even think about it. Why? Because you're building up your faith. You're strengthening your faith. R is renew your mind. Renew your mind. Psalm 1, 2 says, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Delight in the law of the Lord, 
and meditate on it day and night. When is the last time you actually read your Bible? And I don't ask that judgingly. I'm not trying to condemn or, or, or look down, none of that. But if you are going through something and you are battling, when is the last time you read your Bible? When is the last time you spent time with God? When is the last time that you, you sought the Lord and just asked him for help? I think it's interesting at the end of this verse here. No, go back. On a, on a ask for help, on who can help me, Psalm 46.1, that God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Have you asked? Well, he just knows. He knows everything. No, I know. But you got to ask. When is the last time that you got in the Word? When is the last time that you spent time with God? You cannot renew your mind by meditating on it if you don't open it. And again, I'm not trying to condemn nothing. I'm not trying to judge. But when is the last time you saw what God said about you? You start to question yourself. You start to question your abilities. You start to question if you're able to do it. When is the last time, instead of listening to what everybody else says about you, instead of listening to what you're supposed to be, when is the last time you read what your creator said about you? You have to be in the word. You have to meditate in it and on it day and night. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for, it, for from it flows the spring of life. Fill your heart with God's word, and that's what will flow out of your heart. This is the playbook. This is the manual. This is the answer. We have to get in the word in order to know those answers. You are shaped by your thoughts. So you have to renew your mind because you're shaped by your thoughts. You might start thinking down on yourself and thinking less of yourself. You have to renew your mind and see what God says about you. He calls you his masterpiece. You are his masterpiece. He didn't make a mistake. He didn't forget to give you a quality or a tool in order to fulfill your call. You're his masterpiece. And then the last T is just trust God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. You have to trust God. So to bring it back to a fresh start, you might say, you know what? I, I need a, I've never made Jesus Lord of my life. Maybe I did it when I was a kid and I just need a wholesale fresh start in my life. God can do that. He is willing and he is able. But it might be just certain areas of your life, those little things. Say, so you know what, I, I, I need a fresh start in this area. I need a fresh start with this relationship, with my job, with this decision, with that decision. I just need a fresh start. He's able to do that too. 
And the good thing is that this could very well be the day that you no longer deal with that stuff you dealt with in the past. Today could be the day that you're able to actually take a step forward and start moving forward into, into the greatest life that you could ever imagine. All it takes is making a decision, stop making excuses, you have to renew your mind, and you have to trust God. That's it. And again, I understand there are times where you think, oh, you know what, I'm going to start today. Again, curtains. It might be working out. We have a running joke in our family because my dad would always have a target date that he would start. It was never that day, just so everybody knows. It was always like Monday through the weekend. No, it's today could be the day that you make the decision to have a fresh start in your life, a fresh start in that area, and then see what God starts to do in that, in that area or in your life. Today could be the day. Today is as good as any. You're here. What I don't want is for you to look back and regret that you didn't make that decision years ago. I don't want you to look back in five years and think, man, I should have made that decision five years ago. What would my life have been? Let's not play that game. If you have, now's the day to start. And let's see what God can do. With every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around, I'm going to ask you two questions this morning. If you'd say, you know what, I, I need to make a wholesale change. I need a wholesale fresh start in my life. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Maybe you've never done it. Maybe you did it in the past, but you have not lived a life that would prove that fresh start in that life of God. That is question one. And then question two is if you have an area in your life that you need that fresh start, you have an area in your life that you've dealt with, you've pushed it by the side, you pushed it the way, so you think, you know what, I don't, it's not a big deal, but today's the day you want to make that decision. That's question number two. All I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand and acknowledge that you are making that decision, that you want that fresh start, that that fresh start is started. You're making Jesus the Lord of your life. And then we're all going to pray together. But I'm going to ask those two questions. So first off, question one, if you'd say, you know what, I need that wholesale change. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Just throw your hand up. I see it. God bless you. Is there anybody else? If you'd say, today is the day. I'm not going another day. I see you. I'm not going another day. I'm making Jesus the Lord of my life. I need a wholesale fresh start in my life. I do not like where my life is headed. I do not like where my life has been. I am changing the trajectory of my life. Just put your hand up. I see you. Is there anybody else? I see you. I see you. God bless you. Today is the day. Today is the day for a fresh start. Who cares what anybody else thinks about what you did? Who cares what anybody else remembers what you did? Today is the day of a fresh start. And you are making that decision today. This is uh, the last time I'm asked, is there anybody else? Don't let this moment pass. Let's find that wholesale change. I see it. And then number two, if you say, you know what? I just need to acknowledge that there are areas in my life that I need to make a fresh start. That I need to make a change. I don't like that this is the, the one, it might be the one thing that you feel like is holding you back. Just put your hand up and put it back down. 
And let's find that fresh start. I see you. I see you. Let's find that change. Let's experience that fresh start. Is there anybody else? Okay, I'm going to have everybody repeat after me. Father God, I give you my life. I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I thank you that I'm going to heaven and I will never smell the sin of hell. Lord, I thank you for a fresh start. Lord, I thank you that the fresh start in my life starts right now, that I forget the things behind me and I press forward. Lord, I thank you for giving your son to die for me, that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And Lord, I thank you that today is a monumental day, that it is a benchmark day in my life for that fresh start. And Lord, I thank you that your promises are true, your promises are yes, and that your promises are amen. And Lord, I thank you that you are not going to fail me, that you haven't yet, and you're not going to start now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand real quick. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Gut Church, visit our website at gutschurch.com.